Welcome to the Most Important Podcast. I'm your guide, Sinjin, and today's episode is called, What is the Nature of God? I've got a degree in religion, and when I studied it, the first thing I realized was that I wasn't going to be studying the nature of God, but the history of the people who worship Him. To study the nature of God, I should have gotten a degree in theology. I didn't really need a degree in it. I just wanted to know if others throughout history had had similar experiences to mine. When I was nine years old on a trip to the beach in Gulf Shores, Alabama, I drowned for a few minutes after being caught in the riptide and then was resuscitated on a sandbar. While I was out of my body, I experienced a being I believe was God, and the nature of that being has defined my life since then. I'm not going to recount my entire experience right now because I really want to focus on the interaction with God. I'm using the word God and the Creator interchangeably because they're the only words in the English language people are familiar with to define the being commonly referred to as being responsible for creating the universe and everything in it. Though some people say the universe or creation or the energy. So I just chose these two words because they were simple to use, but they're just words and any word will do as long as you kind of understand the meaning behind it. You shouldn't be thinking of a man on a, with a, an old dude with a white beard on a throne because that is not at all what I experienced. My first impression instead was of incredible beauty, complexity, greatness, and an overwhelming feeling that this being knew me and loved me so much. And it was light. It was pure light. There was no facial features. There were no, there was no throne. There was no beard. <laughs> there was no gender. Uh, and I felt so small, tiny compared to this being. And I couldn't believe an entity this beautiful and amazing loved me because I felt insignificant compared to this. But it did. It knew me and it loved me and I was just drawn towards it. For that matter, I was just me and I was not gendered, so I no longer believe our souls are. One of the most important realizations I had very early in my experience before I even got to the point where I encountered this being was that I was not my body. Back to the experience I had with the Creator. While it was brief, it impacted me so deeply because it felt like coming home. I was aware that there was a place inside of me that had been missing this, being in the presence of God with every part of me. Like a hole inside of me, I had felt but couldn't pin down. And this, this was what was supposed to fill it. Now at nine years old, you're not really aware of a hole in your regular daily life, but when I had left my body, it was I was acutely aware of this as I came into the presence of God. We all have that hole, and as I grew up, I recognized it more. But people mistake what that is, and they try to fill it with other people, with drugs, with money, with work, with the, even with sex. But after I was rudely sucked back into my body, kind of like with a vacuum cleaner, I maintained that knowledge and I never felt alone. I knew that my fundamental self was indestructible and that God was with me, so I have never 
truly felt alone. I knew this because our souls are made from the same stuff that God is made of. I'm going to say they instead of he, but they shaped our souls before we were born. And when we arrive into the vessel of our body at first breath, we begin to experience the overwhelming stimulus of the senses filtered through the limbic system and brain of our bodies. That is what we call life. So is God good? In all my experience with God, and I have had many now, God has only been loving. Even when showing me my purpose or being occasionally stern by saying, you know, I have to do, you have to do this, you have to do that. He's still been loving and caring. Others may inter refer to their interactions as contact with spirit, contact with the universe, meditation to achieve nirvana, that still small voice inside. I'm not alone in experiencing this. I almost became a priest partly because of those I encountered in the priesthood who had received similar connections to the holy. No one wants to talk about it, however, because they are terribly afraid of being called crazy, especially in this time of unbelief. However, I had no choice. I know God is real. It's not faith, it's conviction. I was dead and came back. People who say, oh, your brain was dying and it produced a hallucination. How could I hallucinate that at nine years old? I vacated my body. I saw it tangled in the riptide and, and go head over heels below me. I saw my mom on the beach <laughs> reading her book. Uh, I experienced God. I was returned. I am a soul riding around in a human body. It experiences massive amounts of, of data through physical senses which are processed in the brain. The memories of these experiences remained with me, but the sensations, the feelings did not because we don't have feelings when we're energy. I understood in a fundamental way that I was not my body as a nine-year-old. Many mystics, for example, have migraine headaches. Some researchers theorize that migraine headaches cause mystical experiences. As someone who has both, how about theorizing the opposite? My body suffers migraines as a side effect of mystical experiences because my brain was physically changed when it was deprived of oxygen while I was dead. Or perhaps I was formed to have migraines in order to have mystical experiences. Perhaps the unique flow of hormones causes the conditions for me to receive the messages I would need to receive. Perhaps the rush of endorphins you experience as you leave life catapults your soul from your body rather than producing inexplicable hallucinations. It just baffles me that science won't theorize that something that has been reported repeatedly throughout history might be true. And it's being reported daily in hospitals all over the world. With the exception of quantum physicists, that is, because right now they're theorizing that these things are likely, that there are other dimensions that we cannot see. So at least quantum physics is on our side. The medical field will even admit that they aren't sure when or if death has occurred. People have been in a morgue and woken up just prior to autopsy. As a way to grasp the complexity of God's nature, 
Imagine, if you can, a being that stands outside of time and space and knows every choice of every version of you that could exist in the multiverse. The theory of the multiverse is that each choice a person makes creates a new universe. Like, if, if you go right, it creates a universe, and if you go left, it creates a universe. If you say yes to a person, it's a universe. If you say no to the person, it's a universe. Million, million, billion, billion different universes. Multiply that by each unique person over each person's lifetime, past, present, and those in the future. That being is then constantly fashioning the right person at the right time to influence as best can be influenced for the good. People have free will. God is simply able to see every choice and can and does send people into particular situations to give them the option to influence things for the good. But they have to make the choice to. Because we can choose before we are born to accept a mission in a lifetime. Even if that mission is to teach someone who previously lived a life of destruction to understand the devastation of loss, to learn empathy. We are made of God, after all, and we can only fully return to Him once we choose to, by our actions, by our hearts. God loves us so much that he will let you live the human experiences over and over if you choose until you grow or until you completely dissipate. Destruction of yourself and others causes damage to your soul. There's only so much damage you can afford to take. It's like a fire is being doused a little at a time. You can rebuild the fire, make it grow by sincerely regretting your destructive actions, taking responsibility, making amends, changing your behavior, doing good things. No one is a bad person. People have bad behaviors that will eventually destroy them if they cannot stop. You can cease to exist or exist only as an echo of life without the ability to rejoin God. God's love is always present. If a person can stop hurting themselves and stop hurting others and love God, their soul will be a burning beacon to others, a light to the world. Then there are people like Hitler, and no matter what he believed he was doing, his behaviors caused the destruction and harm of millions, so his soul ceased to exist. Since God is love, you might say fear is the devil. Fear drives almost every evil thing that happens. Not 100% because there's also greed and psychopathy, but 98%. Look at the war in Ukraine. Putin is afraid Russia is losing its standing in the world and wants to return to the days of the USSR. He wants all of the independent countries back under Russian control and a return to the days of the Cold War so that Russia remains a major power in the world. He will do anything, no matter the cost or destruction, to make that happen. All because he is afraid that Russia is losing its status in the world. How many people will die and suffer as a result? This is a terrible thing. He is hurting so many other people. He's doing untold damage to his soul. He is causing others to do untold damage to their souls. It's also like how some white people have gone all white nationalist in the US because they are afraid they are becoming a minority and they treat minorities badly, or their ancestors did. So they are terrified that tables are about to be turned. 
So in order to prevent that from happening, they are willing to do anything, no matter the cost or destruction. Again, it's fear, and they are hurting themselves with their hatred, and they are hurting others with their behaviors. The solution I can offer will be in this podcast series. In this episode, I wanted to explain that the nature of God is love, that God is too big to be pinned down in one religion, that God creates each of us for a purpose, that he loves you specifically and individually. You're not some sheep in a flock of sheep. You're a one-of-a-kind individual designed especially to do something, and God knows you intimately. The next episode will be on the topic of mission. We are all the hero of our own stories, and that is on purpose. How do you discover what your mission in life is? Is there a meaning in life? I hope you'll listen to find out. Until then, be well, and don't forget to subscribe.